whole sports all plays. Whole sports all plays. Whole sports all plays. We're making a place, you're talking the game, get you to the days. We're hiding the court, they're dying in the lane. Variety topics, living the same. All presentation, sports information. In the airways, taking the nation. All sport, all plays, they're working your faces. Grace at the field, so tie the laces. All sports, all plays. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to He's on Fire podcast, episode number 52. And we had a game today. We shouldn't have, but we did. And you know what? In the spirit of March Madness, that's fine. Let's go into overtime. Let's do it without any of our starters other than Mikhail Bridges. That's totally fine. We'll still come out there with a W, and the Suns did. 127 to 124. Joined here by the co-host, Amit. What's going on, man? What's up, guys? Just... Trying to survive March Madness just like the Suns did. Big facts. JJ, a.k.a. AZ, AZ Sham and Cheese. What's going on, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, tired shoulders feel like Iguodala's. Uh, I've been painting all day, painting above me. So uh, I've been working out for the last like three hours. But, man, that game was crazy. I can't wait to get into all that. You, you've been carrying the load like Mikhail Bridges is what you're saying. Yes, shooting from the nail, you know, three D, you know. <laughs> that was uh that that was a big win tonight. I'm not gonna lie. That was a bigger win than I thought it would be. And I mean big as in importance. Like you look at the rest of our schedule going along the way. We got Minnesota up next, and we got some big games coming coming ahead. We don't need to go ahead and win every game. We don't need some crazy eight and one to finish off the season or nine and one with ten games left, but our magic number is now two. So either two wins or two losses by the Grizzlies or a combined one and one, and we're the number one seed. So I I'm a, a, yeah, I got a go. personal thing here. So I was looking at like all-time records, and I was looking at like some of these other teams and what the records were when they when they finished the season. It'd be really freaking dope if the Suns were 50 games over 500. So that would mean it would have to be 66 and 16, all right? There's only two other teams that have done that, the um, Golden State and then the Bulls, right? Yeah. I mean, even I, I thought I thought the 2000 Lakers were like oh sorry yeah yeah Lakers had 67 sorry yeah State, yeah, sorry. yeah. My, my, my bad they they had 67 so three teams right so we'd be the fourth all those teams well got to the finals at the bare minimum but I I just think it would be good for the narrative of this team when we talk about them two to three years from now or in the, you know even after this season just to be like. They're in the stratosphere of like the top three, four, five teams ever, just record wise. I think it's important. I, I that's my personal thing. I, I I think it would help us as Suns fans when we talk about them. It help us as podcasters when we talk about this team. And hopefully, like the journalists, the actual journalists can pick up on that story too. I love it. I'm all about it. Honestly, but, we're, we're, we're I I want to get to the 63 threshold just so that we can be the best Suns team ever. But you're one up in that. I don't mind that. And and honestly, like if you hear sixty three and was at nineteen, doesn't it sound ugly? Sixty three and nineteen. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, if we're if we're gonna go over sixty three, just keep going, man. And I think that means we have to go. I think we have to go nine and two or eight and two. I think the rest of the way. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's something like yeah. that. That sounds so. To get with sixteen losses, yeah, eight and two would be what we would yeah. have to do. Yeah, and the, the the thing that's hard about that though, Amit, is that the last game of the season, who's 
going to be against the Kings. Nobody's going to play that game. There's going to be no starters or it's going to be no nothing. So that's going to be a little tricky, but there's no reason we can't come out with that. I mean, one. We, so even- we didn't have any starters tonight. <laughs> for the for overtime. So. Exactly. Exactly. F it. But, you know, that's what we're talking about now. We're talking about being a top five team of all time in the regular season. Crazy. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. wild. Guys, that is wild. So, let, before, okay, before we get into big picture stuff, uh, quick reactions to the game. For me personally, 30 fouls to like 19 or whatever that is. That was absolutely, absolutely no. ridiculous. Some Jan, Suns Jam was saying our previous, it was 30 to 21. Our previous high was 27. Tonight was 30. Having three guys foul out with 18 fouls. And granted, two or three of those fouls were right at the end of the game when we were playing the free throw game. I mean, so it, it's like it those, 30 to those, 19. Let's call it like those, it is. Those fouls, those are the, you don't call those fouls in like under a minute. Like the one on Booker, like that guy just sold it and he gave, he gave him a foul. Like that's yeah, Lyle's just like. <laughs> and then if you go back to the end of the first half, if you guys remember, Sabonis hooked Aiton and Monty didn't yeah. challenge it. No, Why didn't he challenge it. And well, because it was too soon in the in the in the half, I'm sure too much time but left. It, but that kind of thing. I think it but, was important because it was his third foul. I I, I really think he should have challenged. Yeah. It. Well, maybe he's he's fine with that now that we have McGee and Biombo. Who held it down? Who held yep. it down? Which a lot like what we what yeah. we me and Amit, what you and me talked about. It allows Aiton to play with more aggression, and he doesn't have to worry about fouling out all the time. You know what I mean? So that's that's part of it. But then, did you see Demontis Sabonis's smug ass smile? Yes, his face uh-huh. right after he knew. Yeah, he knew. That's what got me. That's what pissed me off. That was my breaking point. And that was so frustrating to watch this whole game. So refs this, refs that, it doesn't matter. Landry Shamit came out and and had the game of his season, uh, had the shot of his season too in that overtime. He is now shooting 43.4, I think I saw a percent, in the month of March. So he's turned it on. He's the guy who we thought he would be. Uh, JJ, what else did you see from the game today? Uh, yeah, so I missed the first half. I thought the game started at six, but uh, it was a four o'clock game, so I I was only able to watch uh, third uh, third quarter on. Uh, but yeah, uh, like uh, Booker was has been efficient. Uh, like f- for uh, ever since the All Star break, he's been playing at an MVP level. Uh, Da, uh, he's just um, his one on one matchups. You know, it's not even a competition anymore. He's just handling business, but. I, I didn't realize that campaign was out until uh, like I, I started watching the game. I was like, oh, no wonder we were down uh, like at down by 10 going into half. Uh, but like what what I was seeing, um, like Tory Craig, uh, great on defense. Uh, he, uh, it's it's hard staying with Davion Mitchell. That dude's always like a, a like a step quicker than everybody else. Uh, I really like he's that fast. guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's fast. And uh like Sabonis, he plays like Luca. He throws his whole body, and then when yeah. he gets the same energy back, it's a flop, and you know he gets superstar calls. It's whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, this game was chippy uh, from uh, from the third quarter on, and I'm just glad the Suns pulled it off, especially Shaman having the game of uh, the year uh, for him personally. I think he needed that. He's been shooting a little better the last like four or five games, but uh, this game is is definitely what. Uh, I needed uh, to 
five for nine. Confidence a bit. Yeah, five. Uh, yeah, five from nine. So uh, uh, he was really good. Then Booker, uh, you know, like he was, like he was great. I am that that foul that kicked him out was so stupid. But uh, th- yeah, this game was crazy. Uh, F Sacramento. <laughs> like I can't stand. This it. is my house, and I did not invite you. Did you I guys can't. see? Like their entire stadium was packed. Like. This is a Sacramento yeah. game on a Sunday in the afternoon. How is it packed? Like, why does it feel like the Super Bowl is happening in this game? Like, it would just like it, it was the whole Super Bowl. They've it, had an awful season. They made trades to think it was all about this year. This was their season. This was their Super Bowl. And the refs were definitely trying to win it for them. The oh, refs yeah. was dog shit. It like it was bad, dude. Like, and and I hate to harp on that horn of the refs, but dude, like you you have so to today. Yeah, it was you have bad. to, but but the way that the Suns first off, they didn't get a technical foul. I expected two or three texts this game. They bit their tongue, they bit their lip, whatever. They didn't get the the technical foul that would have put them at the line, which ultimately could have been the game, right? Hmm. So they bit their tongue, they played through it. Three guys fouled out. The three guys had 18 fouls combined. At that point when book went out and they had 19 total team fouls and they persevered through that. And you know what? Our bench guys got some really crucial experience on the road in a hostile environment. They were going bye-bye to book and doing all that stuff. They were booing the refs too. F the refs, F the refs, which was absolutely bonkers. But you know what? If I was there, I would, I would have been doing the same thing if I was a Kings fan. So I'm not going to hold them against it. They're trying to do whatever they can to influence the refs, but they overcame. And then you had Landry Shamit hitting a big shot. Landry Shamit's going to hit a big shot in the playoffs, and I'm going to think about this shot in overtime. Does it bother that does. bother you guys that he banked it in though? Uh, it was it a, went it in. Was a little. It was a little kiss. It's whatever. It's a corner. You know. I mean, it's like one of those movement threes. Like it's usually his shot. Usually it's on online, but. A little, I mean, what what am I going to tell an NBA player? Like, okay, yeah, man, because I, I've I do the same thing in pickup, and it's not even like, you know, he's, people get upset. He's had a so it's weird like, release, isn't he? Where it's like, yeah, it's like not a normal release. It's like a little like, I don't know that, and then he holds it for a really long time before he lets it go too. Yeah, like when he's coming down, that's when he releases it. Yeah, um, but, but what yeah. make what makes us uh, like beating the Kings like? A, a better feeling is that like there's like like four other uh like previous sons on that bench of uh, uh josh jackson alex len and uh damian jones and then rashad holmes he's out for the season and I, and I, alvin I gentry yeah. oh it, yeah yeah him too so it makes it a little sweeter it shows how far we've come like i haven't seen alex len play all season so you know the funny thing is so i was watching the game with my brother and like i was like you know that guy damian jones he was our backup center last year at the beginning of the season. And he's like, what? Who, that guy? I'm like, yeah, that guy was our backup center at the beginning of the season last year. I can remember when he got that. You guys remember he had that one highlight where he caught it at the top of the key and then dunked it, right? One, and then in the game, he was gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he went to, like, Golden State. And then we played Golden State, and he had, like, a good, like, three-minute stretch, and he didn't see the floor for the rest of the night. Hey, hey, man, when you've got Damian Jones hitting fallaways and three-point shots, and he was one for one, and they were uh, 16 for 34 from three overall, by the way. Yeah. 
when those shots were falling, I was like, this is one of those nights where we talked about where if you shoot over 50% from three-point line and you out-rebound them, you will win. Fortunately, we won the rebounding battle 50-42, to 42, even with all that foul trouble. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis goes out. That definitely helped with like, what, five, six, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter or something. He just looked like he just bumped knees and then he was out, but he was just limping the rest of the game. So, yeah, that helped. But we were without Chris Paul and stuff, too. So, you know, excuses after excuses. But we didn't have 36 free throws. We had 27. And four of those came in the final 20 seconds. Yeah. So it was like 36 to 21 the majority of the game. It was a plus 15 advantage. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I mean – like just it's funny because i i always whenever every time i think about the kings i always think about that game of zones episode where they basically do you guys remember that it was like four years ago they basically took there do you guys watch game of zones no okay no. you got to see it on bleacher report it's pretty funny there's an episode at the at the end of one of the seasons where or the start of the season where they they basically take the suns and the kings and merge them into one team and uh, it's it's pretty funny because they're both claiming like, hey, like we're better than you and whatever. You got to watch. It's kind of like got this Game of Thrones theme to it. It's pretty funny. But anyways, I always think about that. And I'm always they. So most of the NBA used to think of us as the way people think of the king. Right. Like we were in that class. Maybe a lot of yeah. people still think that way about the Suns. Right. We just got lucky injuries, whatever it is. But now mm-hmm. it's just come to a point where it's like, mm-hmm. come on, man, like. Don't ever put the Kings and the Suns in the same class in anything ever. Facts. Facts. They've never been yeah, to the finals. No. I mean, they had they had a, a good run between what two thousand and two thousand three, four, maybe, and then they traded Chris Webber to the Sixers, and that was it. That's yeah. all they had. Then then they got Demarcus at what like twenty yeah you know what twenty eleven yeah you know what that is no good that's what that is <laughs> and then they never build anything around him no just because he was bringing in all that capital but and then they finally get some good players in and they trade him away they had Vladi Divac and Peja running the team for a while and they wanted Luca mm. ownership wanted Marvin Bagley who's not even there anymore picked the same draft by the way as Aiden and he's not even there anymore. And then, you know what, you go up and down this roster that they had, and I'm just like, they almost had the game of their life, man. I mean, Davion Mitchell had 28 points, 9 of 22, 4 for 7 from 3. Dante DiVincenzo, 3 for 6 from 3, but, you know, Dante DiVincenzo can do that. Uh, Trey Lyles almost looked like he wasn't even out there until the final five minutes, and then he's drawing fouls on all of these dudes. Trey Lyles was getting more all-star calls and – Davion Mitchell was more than Book was. Book yeah. had a series where he had an and one, went right back down, hit another layup, layup around like three dudes, fell to the ground, slow getting back up, and no call. Mm-hmm. Davion Mitchell and Trey Lyles are getting more respect than Devin Booker. Like, it's an absolute joke at this point that we have to bring it up. Like, these dudes are getting all-star calls over Booker, the three-time all-star, the Phoenix Suns who have, you know what? Even I said this, even if we win the championship, we're still not going to get the respect. It's still going to be with the excuses, but F it, man. I'm I'm tired of the excuses. I don't want to hear it anymore. Just go out and play ball. Roll the ball out. Whoever's out there plays, plays. 
Yeah. You know, nobody nobody's going to say a damn thing in the March Madness tournament if somebody's out and they go out and win. You know, we don't see these excuses popping up. And then you have NBA guru going out being like, there's no way y'all are taking this season seriously. Kawhi is out. Kyrie Irving is out half the time. This and that. There's no way y'all are taking this serious. Bullshit, man. We taking this very serious. You're taking it serious enough to tweet about it every day. And you're watching the NBA on a nightly basis. So you're taking it seriously enough. So the excuses have got to stop. And fortunately for us, JJ, it's almost playoff time. Three weeks from tonight is the last day of the NBA season. Three weeks. The good news is we play 10 games in 21 days. Unfortunately, I think like seven of them are on the road. Maybe eight of them are on the road, which is fine by me. That's perfect right before the playoffs, bro. You get all these dudes on the road together, that is perfect. They're going to spend even more time together, and this is a group that likes each other, and that is just the biggest X factor that we have over every single team, that organic chemistry that I talked so much about last year. We have that more than any other team. You know, there's nobody in the West that scares Is there anybody in the West that scares you? Nobody in the West scares me. Everyone no. is beatable. No, like, it, uh, well, Besides that, Curry going out and stuff. Uh, but um, like a report came out today that uh, 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 Murray isn't nowhere near uh, yeah, he healthy. Even so, if he did, even if he did, he's not, they're not coming back. And by the way, Minnesota is now officially the sixth seed and Denver's the seventh seed. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's no one in the West that, you know, necessarily scares me you know uh there's a couple teams that might get a couple games out of us you know just good shooting nights or something like that but i think uh, the suns are kind of a light year ahead of uh you know memphis and anything uh lower than that uh but i mean there's uh you know more favorable matchups i think memphis matches pretty well against us and clippers some nights as well uh but you know it's just fundamental basketball clippers wild shot uh, no, I, they I just, just have size. And I just wanted. I just wanted an excuse to use that button for the first time. Oh yeah, no, I get it. But yeah, there's uh, some matchups that are easier than others. But you know, I think uh, uh, the Suns are gonna pull through at the end of the day, as long as everybody stays healthy. Hopefully, Jay Crowder is okay, and he just like tweaks something, whatever. He can sit out for the rest of the season. I like it. I don't necessarily yeah. care. So. I think he's going to be fine. I, I, okay, I do want to touch on that. That part I disagree on because I do want to see – we need to see Cam Johnson who – it's weird for Cam because this is like a leg injury, right? He's got to run around and be able to do stuff. So I'm a little bit worried about Cam Johnson and finding his stroke in time for the uh, for the playoffs. So I want Cam Johnson to get out there. He needs to run a few games. I want Chris Paul to be able to. I'm sure Jay will be out on Wednesday. Good thing we have two days off. I'm a little bit worried about these injuries now because I just want them to get into the flow of playing again. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried. I'll tell you why. Did you guys hear JaVale McGee's quote? Uh, I think it was after a couple games ago. Uh, basically, probably, what he, remind me. basically what he said is this is part, on the championship teams that he's been on. This is part of the season where you start locking in. You start playing playoff basketball moving forward. You start right. – Tightening the rotations a little bit, right? So I'm looking at it and I'm going, that means Chris Paul is coming back before the end of the season. That Has means Cam Johnson's coming back before. I mean, these guys have to get into playoff mode. No, I completely agree, which is why I want them to come back. And the longer that they're not, 
I'm more and more worried. And look at Ahmed having to deal with the kids again. Man, bless him. That, that's that's tough. Unfortunately, my my kid didn't take a nap today, and he is passed out. So I don't have to worry about that. Uh, JB's got a question. All three of you, who's each of your pick to win the finals? My pick to win it all, Chicago. I, I Chicago hasn't shown anything to be able to beat any top team. Like I I don't even bro. I don't think they're getting past Boston the way Boston turned it around. Like I I like and I like Chicago more than I like Boston. I really do. I just don't see it. But yeah, who do you see coming out of the East right now? Philly. Um, uh, uh, JV, if you can answer this for me, what's up with Lonzo? Uh, like no matter where I look, it's like a different injury. So you mind like clarifying that for me since you follow the Bulls? Uh, but uh, my pick in the beginning of the year was the uh, was the Miami Heat. Uh, that, to make it out the East, uh, I might keep rolling with that. Uh, they can, you have uh, they're to. very, you, yeah, yeah they, you have to. I, I kind of have to. to. Uh, they're a very streaky team. They're very good. Uh, but I'm just worried about, uh, you know, when J- uh, Jimmy Butler comes back, uh, he kind of like slows down their pace a bit. And I think they play a lot better when they're pl- playing at a high, higher pace, but that isn't, uh, Spolstra style. So, uh, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, I'm just going to roll with the Heat. Um, I don't think Philly. I think uh, Philly might make it to the second round or maybe the third round, but like Philly's not that good. Like, <laughs> like it's growing pains with Harden, and like uh, they lost tonight. They blew like a 15, 16 point lead tonight. Uh, but uh, like the Bucks uh, are really good. So e- either the Heat or the Bucks, you have to go with. I think those are the best options. Eat. Fabio is right. The East is chaotic right now. That playoff bracket over there is going to be insane from fucking day one. Mm-hmm. I mean, the playing game is probably going to be better than it is in the in the West because I I would expect if it's Denver or Minnesota, they're going to get the seventh seed. One of those, however, however it falls, and then mm-hmm. Clippers are going to get the eighth seed. I could see the Pelicans actually running up and getting that eighth seed. I don't want to play the Pelicans. I'll be real with you. I don't want to play. Uh, any of them guys over there and uh oh willie green i don't want to play willie he'll he'll have a little inside info making it tougher for us i ultimately think we'll come out and win obviously yeah that's just the team i least want to play on that side but the east the, there's four or five teams that could win it in the east if they get hot what do you think of it no i, I agree is, is, are the nets still in the playoff uh playing tournament um or i'm getting seven. this yeah they are correct they are eighth right now yeah, but they're they're three games, they're four games out from catching Cleveland. So it, with with about 10, 11 games left for them, it looks like they're probably going to be the seventh seed, which means they're going to play the two seed, who is either going to be the Bucks or the Sixers, that separates by a half but, game. But we're assuming that they win because I mean it's I mean one game, right? Like if they lose one game, they're done. But so, they're going to be playing if they're the eight seed, and the, versus seven Toronto. That means they're playing on the road with with a healthy Kyrie. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I, I, I would can't imagine that Kyrie's not back before the playoffs. I think the New York uh, City's thing is going to th- – how can this guy – he was at the game. Like, was it last Sunday where he was – he bought courtside tickets Bro, and was yeah. at the game with no mask? Like, Bro. what are we doing? What are we doing? Did, uh, did a Toronto uh, lift their mandates because uh, – Yeah, they got all they fans did. there now, dude. Yeah, oh, I think did they, they did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and – the Nets are overhyped. They won't have any chemistry. Ben Simmons really did a number on both the Sixers and the Nets. I'm really tired of everything coming out about Ben Simmons when this guy is just 
I don't know. He's he's pretty trashy to me. Is Kyrie allowed to play in Canada? That's a good point. I don't think so because we had guys like when we when we had Jaron Jackson Jr. He wasn't vaxxed and he couldn't play that game. And he was on one of those 10 day contracts. That's a very good point, Fabio. Thank you for bringing that up. I don't think so. Ooh, I don't think so. And then you got the Hornets and the Hawks going against each other. I could see the Hawks getting hot and losing to Brooklyn. You have to be vaxxed to play in Canada, says JV. I trust JV with my life. So that, that, I, that's that's I just looked it up on the CBC. Yeah, uh, like uh, to work in Canada, you have to be vaccinated. So. Wow. To work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to work. That's what he's doing. He's working. Yeah, I know. Wild. So next game coming up is Wednesday. Wednesday is going to be a doozy. Wednesday is going to be a really good game. Yeah. Timberwolves are hot. They're 11 and two. They're the hottest team out of the NBA since the all-star break. Ant is looking like a maniac. Patrick Beverly is pushing people in the back like he always does. So he's chippy as hell going to be guarding book. Uh, D'Angelo Russell has been D'Lo. He's, he's been quiet all season, but cat with back to back 60 point games just recently, I think 30 just today or the other night. So Wednesday is going to be a hell of a game. I fully expect us to come out and win because that's just what we do. But I want to talk a little DeAndre Ayton finally, you guys. Are you guys good with that? Hell yeah. yeah. So let's uh, let's paint a picture of DeAndre Ayton, all right? First, comes into Arizona as I, I believe he was the number one recruit or a top recruit, right? Arizona flounders in those first uh, Thanksgiving Day weekend tournaments that they have in college basketball. They went to the battle for Atlantis. They went 0-4. All right. They went 0-4. And, and Arizona looked like they were nothing. Obviously, I am not an Arizona fan. So everybody on here just know I hate University of Arizona with a passion. And damn it, they are up two right now with 449 left. So I'll, I'll keep everybody on track with that as well. And then they kind of turn their season around, beat ASU a couple effing times, and they lose in like the first or second day of the tournament when DeAndre Ayton was there. So then there's a whole Luca versus DA, DA versus Luca. Me hating everything about the University of Arizona program wanted them to pick DeAndre Ayton. I wanted the Suns to pick DA. Going against my best self-judgment, fandom, whatever you want to call it. JJ, who did you want them to pick? Did you want Luca or did you want DA? Uh, I wanted DA, uh, honestly, because he's like our our bad track record of picking up kind of shit centers and stuff. DA seemed like the best possibility to pair along with Book. So I thought it was the most logical. Amit? Same thing. So disclose this. I'm an, I've been an Arizona basketball fan just Ever since Lou Dolson, I've just been watching those games on the Pac-10 network or whatever that was back in. Rejected! And uh, <laughs> so so the whole Luka thing, and I watched a bunch of Luka videos. Um, I was trying to figure out, like, who is the better player. And the, the funny thing is, like, one of my really good friends, he's a Dallas Mavericks fan. Like, he's got season tickets and all that. And I went to Dallas for his 40th birthday, and we were talking about it. And I'm like, this was, uh, I think it was like, was that 2018 or 2019 or whatever it was? Or 2018. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. And I was just like, bro, I'm like, you guys are going to get 
the MVP, like the or sorry, the rookie of the year this year. But overall, we're gonna have a better player. Um, and I truly believed in that because I just saw, you know, just the, the, the there's certain things you can't teach big men, right? You can't teach them to be seven feet and have 42 inch vertical. You know, right. um, there's certain things where it just when he just makes that spin move violently, he didn't. He's only started doing it recently, but when he makes that violent spin move, like he did at U of A, it's just Shaq level, you know, dominance. Like it's just things that he's doing. Um, and and thank God he he improved and gotten better because otherwise we would just be like, okay, he's he's another cat, right? Which now we're seeing what cat's doing as this team is moving into to playoff uh, contention. Um, so it's just like. I always, I always thought we needed a center. I always thought like this was our chance to grab one, even if we're wrong. Like, let's let's take that risk at this point because like, if you look at what the teams did behind or did like like uh, the Hawks, right? Like, so they went after Trey Young. They traded their pick so that Dallas could draft Luca, and they took Trey Young. Um, and we'll you know we'll see what the future bears for those two players. But I mean we already had like a ball dominant scorer on the perimeter. Like, can you imagine Booker and Luca working together? Like I couldn't see that. Facts. Yeah. And I remember Gambo coming out when I still liked the guy saying everything that he's heard over there. He's a whiner. He's a complainer. He wants this. He wants that. It's got to be his way. It turns out that's absolutely true too. He, he is that, that guy, that character. And that's not something I would have wanted to root for either by the way like let's let's put that out there i wouldn't have wanted to have to root for luca i would have because i'm a suns fan but that would have been awful and let me paint this scenario so the coach was kokoshkov right like who was from their his country from yeah the national team so imagine luca comes here with booker he shows flashes of what he's been doing now and basically booker's like dude i'm done right and we end up with luca rather than booker for less assets, I'm sure, than what we'd get back. Because no one would ever see the potential of Booker. This is 2018, so it's like three years in. Yeah, you're seeing like a, a good stats on a bad team guy, but you're not mm-hmm. seeing like winning potential, right? So yep. We, imagine we lose Booker for Luka. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That would have been awful. That would have been awful. Fortunately for us, that's not the case. We have DeAndre Ayton, and we go into the draft, and then all the stuff – you know, starts coming out about Arizona and him taking money, $100,000 to go there. You know, at the time, I'm like, man, this is the NCAA is trash. They're not paying their people. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. You can't even get a tattoo and you're getting suspended and blackballed. I'm, I'm not hating a guy going out and getting money wherever that school was, but it's not a good look. That's yeah. not a good look. And I'll, I'll always remember the first game, the first game against Dallas. Booker hits a game winner. DeAndre Ayton pulls down like 10 or 11 boards and we beat Dallas and we're, and we're one to know like, Oh, things are going to change. No, it didn't change at all. We ended up with a 19 and 63 record. I think is what it was. Right. Isn't that what it was? Let me, let me go back. Yeah. 19 and 63 and and shit was bad. We get Monty Williams. Everything kind of changes overnight. One game in, we win our first game. DeAndre Ayton goes out for what was it? 25 or 50 games. 25 25 games okay so here here's where i'm at as a suns fan and a sun devil fan so we picked this dude over luca and we saw what luca did his rookie year right that's the impact you should have as a number one pick don't argue with me on that either 
when you are the number one pick in any sport, you have immediate impact ability. You have to do that. Period. That's what you're fucking drafted for. To give that impact, to take the bottom team to be a playoff team, arguably a playoff team, some somewhere in the middle at least. So I'm pissed off from the year before going 19 and 63. Nothing's changed. Fire our coach. Get a new coach in. Oh, cool. We won our first game suspended for 25 games now. So now not only did you blow it with Arizona, blow it with Arizona. You suck our first year. You get popped for PEDs. I think there, I think there's a three-strike penalty. Like the second time is 50 games and the third time like you're done or it's a whole year at least or something like that. And then you basically ruin our whole second year, a whole second season. Everybody here knows if DeAndre Ayton doesn't get popped, we're making the playoffs in the bubble. Everybody knows that, right? So I am so beyond pissed off with DeAndre Ayton at this point. I wanted him gone. And then we get into the bubble. We make our run, but our run was not because of DA then. Our 8-0 bubble had nothing to do with DA. Cam campaign was averaging like 20 a game and going off. Book was Booker absolutely averaged over 30, yeah. 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 Book, Book was, was crazy. Yeah. Ricky Rubio was doing Rude. weird Ricky Rubio things like that you didn't expect. Javon Carter looked like an all-world backup point guard too. Like weird things happened in the bubble for us too. Like weird things happened. Uh, guys were sitting as well too, yada yada yada. But none of this is because of DeAndre Ayton. In two years, he did not show number one pickability, uh, a roster changing or franchise changing ability. He just didn't. You come into the third year, the Chris Paul year. That was a slow start for him. That first year, like through January or even into February, you're just like, oh my God, this guy is horrible. And then our friend David Nash, he's like, it's never been about the statistics. And I go off on him. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? It's not the statistics. He's the number one pick. Like everybody was just like, like you know, Booker's field goal or uh, the goalpost for Book is always being pushed and pushed and pushed. It felt like with DeAndre Ayton, it was like, no, come up a little bit more. No, closer, closer, closer. And nobody was holding him to the number one pick level. Nobody still is, by the way, in my opinion. Fast forward to the playoffs wins us a series and games against the Clippers completely wins it for us. Historic playoff run historic. All right. And we go into this season still coming into this season. We did not see Amit. you're an Arizona basketball fan. We did not see the offensive Deandre Ayton that we saw in three years with the Phoenix Suns. No. So he completely has regressed to this point. That's why I didn't want to sign him to a max deal. Are you crazy? Because he had a good 20, 24 game run. Oh yeah, good job. No, let's actually see an action. And we can talk about the inconsistencies all we want with DeAndre Aiden. But here's the thing this year now. Amit, you turned me on to it. He now has that baby hook. That was about what? End of January this year? Maybe into February or maybe even mid-January, I think you said it. Yeah. It's pretty recent, yeah. Yeah, that baby hook just started hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting. And then he started jamming more. And you're just like, okay, you knew the defense was there. I was comparing him to Alonzo Mourning or a poor man's Ben Wallace. A poor man's Ben Wallace. He is not Ben Wallace on defense, period. He will not be. 
He doesn't have the aggression or, or the killer instinct like Ben Wallace did. Yeah, but, but Ben I, Wallace only focused on defense. Like, let's be clear. Like, he absolutely he, like. But his, so did DeAndre Ayton last year. I, well, I'll I'll say it in this way. He he put oh, no. attention into detail on setting picks and rolling hard for Chris Paul and Booker when he would do that. I don't when when Ben Wallace set picks, his he was setting up a brick wall to de- de- destroy somebody. Like it wasn't yeah. the same thing. He he wasn't rolling. <laughs> yeah. Like there was no he was setting a pick to make a make a killer wall. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Ben yeah. Wallace was super limited on offense. Oh, so. oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, he and <laughs> he was there for t- for yeah. tip ins and extras. Yeah, I, I mean he had everybody else run everything else. He yeah. couldn't he couldn't do anything. So yeah, there is a little bit bit of a difference there. But I was still getting pissed off when he couldn't uh, uh, box out or post up on De'Aaron Fox or Victor Oladipo like. Amit, you were even pointing things out like that. Like against smaller guys, he still couldn't yeah. post up last well, year. Well, I, I think, I mean, I know we're going to get to it, but I think part of that was the, like, I mean, we can, we've all seen like Booker, can you make an entry pass? Uh, yeah, yeah, Mikhail, yeah. can you find a way Ricky to get Rubio him the ball? Did. Can, yeah, Ricky Rubio did. Yeah. Chris Paul. Sometimes he over, he, he, he looks him off and he'll, he'll go somewhere else or he'll go off the dribble. But like, it, there's a little bit of patience that has to be understood. And then, that's on that's on Aiton too because he'll get deep in the paint and he'll know he's already three seconds in and his repost he doesn't do a proper repost where he gets one foot out. No, he'll, you're right. He'll come no, out no, no, no. and then try to back back in. It's like you can't you can't get that space or, back. That or, real or, or I've noticed he takes a step out and then he wants to get the ball and turn and shoot immediately is what I've noticed. Yeah, the, the, the which little, is fine. You know, it's going in yeah. now, but I want to get to the shot stuff later. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's the patience with him because, like you said, jab jab step turnaround shot if he if you know that's what he does if he's already been in the paint for like a second or two seconds if the if the pass is coming late now he's kind of figured it out and we'll talk about it but you know yeah i mean it was it was very frustrating on both ends because you're just watching it and you're like booker can you make him can you get him the ball aiden can you figure out a way to stay out of the lane for two seconds before you catch the ball like you guys got to figure it out together you know yeah yeah facts yeah. and so up to this point i'm still like I'm still waiting for that number one pick potential stuff, right? I, I'm still grading him as the number one pick, and I don't think anybody else is. And I think you're doing DeAndre Ayton a disservice by doing that too. I think people are just wanting to give him roses and, and rainbows and all this stuff. And, oh, he's a kid. Like, no, you're not a kid when you're making hundreds of millions of dollars and you're the number one pick and you got sponsorships. You're, you're just not a kid anymore. You, you, need, you need to grow up and get through it. And then he started hitting the jumper the elbow jumper started getting back. Then his turnaround shot came back. And that's the stuff I saw at, out of Arizona that I wanted. Like if he can, ju- if nothing else, if nothing else, you guys re- admit, you'll remember when Amari Stoudemire got that jumper, when he got that jumper. Now, if he didn't have knee issues that he, he was unstoppable, dude, he was scoring 25 to 30 every single night. Like it was nothing. He would accidentally score 20 points. Like with his eyes shut, and he didn't even have to do anything. And, and, and just to go back to Aiden too, the the push shot that he developed, that Rashawn mm-hmm. Holmes push shot. I haven't oh, even got. Yeah. I haven't even got to that one. Well, but yeah. but going back to Amari, there was something about Amari that always is just something different about that dude. That he could put the ball on the ground, lower his shoulder, and never get the ball stolen away. Whereas Aiden puts the ball on the ground, and the ball's gone. 
right? Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, if he puts the ball on the ground, the ball is gone. I don't, I don't know. You know, and the, Amari was a freak. He was a freak. He was a freak because if he lowered his shoulder, he was like forty-five, like you know, forty degrees towards the floor. Like it just changed the whole angles of everything. Yeah. Um, and he know, did I, it into coverage too, dude. That's what I'm saying. He would go into yeah. people, into a crowded lane, and then lift up and dunk on three people. Like I, I, I I'm still trying to figure out the physics. Maybe I'll maybe I have to go back and rewatch and, and come back with some sort of take on that. But there's something about how he was able to do that and not get the ball stolen because uh, he would I'm, go I'm right hand. Yeah, he had like Kawhi hands. Like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get talked about a lot. Uh, 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 Amari actually came to my elementary school uh, when I was younger uh, for like a charity event, and I like I like I saw him and fucking dude, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, we weren't allowed to get signatures or anything. It was some stupid rule, but yeah, like he he's a massive guy. What what were you gonna say about Da Emmett? No, just that the push up. Oh yeah. So, so then, you know, he gets the baby hook down and you're like, okay, that that's awesome. You know, he, he's really making it. Oh, wow. It's, oh, that's like at 69% or some ridiculous shot. Okay. Awesome. Then he starts getting the, the jumper. Then he starts getting the turnaround jumper, which I mentioned, which is what I saw when he was at Arizona and why I just, I kind of, I really wanted that. Um, I'm going to pull up the game cast here, by the way, uh, TCU is up 72 to 70 on Arizona and I, and I am just, I'm here for the tears. I am here for those tears. Um, and then he started getting the ball on the rolls in the lane. And instead of attacking like Amari would do or, or, or showing up and, and making contact and getting a lot of offensive fouls, which is what I kind of thought the first three, four or five times I saw him do that. He got what you said. He got a little floating push shot. All of a sudden, he has an arsenal, and just on Friday night's game, he was being guarded by Vooch, and he spins right, and he finishes awkwardly with his right. It was like nothing but net. It was almost one of those things where he's like, I'm going to try to go this way and just see what happens, and and it just worked. And you just saw like a little light bulb just like went off when he made that. And so now DeAndre Ayton, now DeAndre Ayton has the arsenal that he had coming out of Arizona. Would you agree, Amit? Right now, yeah. finally, in year four, at the end of year four, he finally has the same arsenal as he had coming out of Arizona, correct? He has, I think he's polished it. I think it's better because it's against, obviously, better talent. I mean, you can't really gauge him against a lot of the Pac-12 players he was going up against, which probably gave him the confidence to be able to do that stuff back then versus NBA where – Every time he dribbles the ball, it gets stolen, or half the time someone throws it at his hands, it's he can't catch it, right? So there's like there's a lot. I mean, that's a, that that's where it's frustrating for all of us that are wanting the most out of this guy is that we're like, dude, the basic things like dribbling, catching, being patient, rolling, showing a fake move, doing something. Like, can you do any of this stuff? That's what we, and then rebounding, right? We saw it. We he said, hey, we got to rebound better. Ever since then, he's like. No, nah, Tory Craig, that's my board, bro. Yeah, nah, Mikhail, no, that's I'm gonna tap that to myself. I, you guys, and, I'm getting all the rebounds out. And, and to his credit, we saw that last year in the playoffs for sure. The yeah. rebounding mm-hmm. and the defense, like we saw it building up, but we saw a brick wall when it came to the playoffs. Just an absolute brick wall. And like once I saw that, 
I was like, all right, what do we have to work with? And then he like regressed at the beginning of this year again, offensively. It, it took him some time. He got it. But now DA has the offensive ability that he did in Arizona. Yeah, 75-72. Go Horn Frogs. As a lifetime lifelong Horn Frogs fan, I couldn't be happier. <laughs> and uh and then he has the defense to back it up. And JJ, remind me, what were the big red flags about DA coming out of the draft? Was it defense? Yeah, it was defense and mobility and like made three pointers, 75-75. There's gonna be a timeout and a final final shot. Wow. And one of the issues with him coming out of the draft too was his uh, physicality too. Um, he, uh, he had some uh, leg issues uh, in college, and that was kind of apparent throughout that whole uh, draft. But that hasn't really been an issue. He, like he'll roll his ankle every now and then, but you know he's back. You know? <laughs> I would he say really the, hasn't had 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 any huge injury things or anything. So no, far. that's good. No, I I think the biggest weakness in his game at this point, and it's going to develop when he gets better with handling the ball, is that. He is afraid of, of physical contact. Um, so that's why he doesn't shoot free throws. That's why he takes all those jumpers. That's why he doesn't dribble the ball. I mean, that, the only times where we ever see him actually put himself at risk is on alley-oops, right? Um, like I, he doesn't I wouldn't actually... say uh, I wouldn't say he's scared of contact. I think he's just a little too passive. I think I, he's afraid to get it stolen or get it swiped away if he puts the ball on the ground. So oh, I yeah, there's definitely like, that. Like I, I just think he's... Both. I like, I think he just doesn't want to like fuck up, you know, it kind of looks stupid. <laughs> I, I think, I think you're, I think you're onto something. I think there's definitely something where he's, he's kind of worried about his image. I think, but like, if you watch other guys, right? right. Like even, Hold Davion, I, right? I'm going to, I'm like, going to call Davion. this. I'm going to call this live right now. Full court. TCU's got the ball, bringing it up almost a half court, nine seconds left. Here comes a, a top pick They're Arizona switching. No, they're trapping up top. Oh, they have nowhere to go with it. And backcourt violation. Oh, nope. Stolen oh, by Arizona. Did he get it up in time for a dunk? They're calling it no. Everybody's calling There is a dunk at the very end. They're calling it no good. It looked like it was no good. They stole the ball, took it all the way down for a dunk, and it looks like the it, to the naked eye, it looks like it did not get off in time. But they're going to official review it. Holy crap. If anybody has yeah. a TV by them, turn that on right now. Official review. Okay, I'll tell you what happens, uh, and then and then we got all overtime because I don't think it was good. But go ahead, Amit. It's gonna be overtime. It's gonna be overtime. Anyways, uh, no, yeah, I'm saying, yeah, no, think, didn't count, didn't count, didn't count. Okay, didn't so, count. Seventy five. I think with I think with DA, I think there's there. So if you watch, like I'm saying, Davion Mitchell, right? This guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's going into the lane. He's just running into people and getting free throws. And you see all NBA players do this. You see even Booker try it. He never gets the call. Where's DA with this? You can't you find a way in your physicality when I saw it in the in the previous the Bulls game? There was one where he tried to drive it and he threw up the dumbest shot of like he's ever yeah. shot. I was just like, dude, bull into somebody and get some free throws out of it. You know, and, yep. and I think that's my biggest fear with this entire team is that we are so skilled in certain areas that we just don't know how to play that sort of free throw old man like let me just get fouled and you know even though i don't know what the hell i'm doing on the drive like, don't, we don't have that I, I don't think we would get the calls anyways uh, if i'm being honest with you but <sighs> i mean if we did it enough plus, times i think we would and, and plus for a big man to uh 
develop ball control. Uh, that's very rare. Uh, so, like, even Carl Anthony Towns, he's very lackluster in that in that sort of lane. So, uh, like, only Jokic and Embiid really have that capability. Like, like today, Giannis, he's like in a different, uh, yeah, you know, area. But it, it's a very rare thing, and I think Da slowly developing that ball control just with him on the dribble uh, when he does decide to like move from one side of the court to the other. I, I think next year he's really going to utilize uh, him, you know, dropping the shoulder and trying to get some contact going. I think he's just, uh, I think the last like year or two, he's been working on just like his motions, uh, like try, he, trying to he, see what he's comfortable with. La- last year was all about defense. Spots. Yeah. Last year was all about defense, and I accept that, and that's that's all well and good and everything. But remember last year, like it took him like eighteen games to get his like first dunk or something ridiculous. Oh yeah, like there was a time where he saying like there's so many times where he just lays it up, and you're just like, why don't you just hammer it? Okay, so so (laughs) all that stuff that we're talking about, the type of game he's developed, the shot, the push shot, the the hook shot, all all that stuff that we're talking about. Remember, Monty Williams comes from the Greg Popovich coaching tree. How often do we see things like that from Tim Duncan? We never saw Tim. We never saw. Now, Tim had better handles. Yeah. He, he, was, he was pretty magoo with it, though, too. He was. He couldn't go down and do those things. He, he wasn't a, an Amari Stoudemire type player. He was one of the more solid, fundamental defensive guys you've ever seen. Big fun, right? Big fundamental. And whenever he shot, it was always like a bank off the glass, a hook shot, uh, uh, or the push shot. It was things like that, that DA is now learning. Tim Duncan never got injured because he wasn't a high flyer. Did they instill that mindset into DeAndre Ayton? Don't be doing that stuff. Your game will last longer. You you don't want to be a Sean Kemp. You don't want to be a Mari Blank Griffin, all, all those guys. No, you want to be a Tim Duncan so you can play until you're 38. And here's how you do it. It's possible. Was but- under pop. But Monty wasn't there the first few years. So, like, how do you explain the first? He was there three years years ago. He was there three years ago. No, but I'm saying the first three years of Aiden's career, he wasn't doing anything like that. No, but he started last year or two years ago. And we kind of saw it in the bubble to a point. And it wasn't until last year that kind of thing really took off. Like, really took off where he wasn't dunk. He had, like, six dunks the whole whole season last year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I just I don't understand it because when you have that sort of athleticism, like you just want to. I, I would want to show it off. Shit, like if you imagine being seven feet tall and having a forty-two inch vertical. Do you understand what that is? That's crazy. Yeah, but yeah. I'm trying to understand the why haven't they done it, and that's the reason I came up with. Okay, is the Tim Duncan comparison. I was just going to say that, Bees. It's like a hybrid between David Robinson and Tim Duncan. It's just what you want out of your big man. So, right. so, so now, let's let realistically, he's when he does, he's a restricted free agent. Restricted. We can match any offer. He's going to be in Phoenix. He wants to be in Phoenix. He's going to be the best center. Of all time for the Suns, right, you guys? I mean, who's who? Who who's better right now? Mark West. Yeah, no way, no way. Exactly. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, Amari, if you consider him a center. He was a right? power forward in my mind. Right, right, yeah. but he played a five. I mean, and so Luke did Marion. Jake Sokolitis, uh, I mean, <laughs> Kurt Rambis. Alex Len. Right? So he's already the best center. So through all of my hate, through all of that, I came out with the conclusion that Monty is coaching him like Tim Duncan. And he's slowly developing him to be a player like Tim Duncan. He's not Tim Duncan. I don't think DA is going to be a top. He's not going to be a top three power forward of all time or, or center. Excuse me. That that belongs to Kareem, Wilt, Tim Duncan, if you want to put him there. Or if you want to put him at the power forward, which he's not. You got Dirk, Carl Malone, and Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett shit. I don't think he's that that high of a player, but I do think he's going to be the best center that we have ever seen in this franchise. So do I hate DeAndre? No, I've never hated him. I hate it for what he did at Arizona. I hate it. I still hate it. It still rubs me the wrong way that he pay, got paid to go there. It still rubs me the wrong way. I don't hate the kid, though. I hold him to the bar as a number one effing pick, you guys. That's my bar for him. And if anybody else holds that bar lower for DeAndre Ayton, then shame on you. You have low standards. Because I guarantee you your standards for Booker are higher than they are for DeAndre Ayton. Mic drop. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot to desire with Ayton's game considering his athletic, you know, potential. And Hakeem Warwick was probably the worst of all times. Plumley was pretty good for a season. Uh, Pat Burke, hey, Pat Burke in game seven against the Lakers had an all-time moment, dude, just dropping threes when we were already up by 30. That was yeah. one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Now, uh, now, I did see some cap in the timeline. JV, I think it was you. Yeah, here it is. Get out of here with that, JV. No, Shaq no. had handles with handles and he had pizzazz and he had power. DA has no handles or passing ability like the way Shaq had. No. Yeah, he Shaq could he would he would one handed just throw it behind his head to guys cutting behind him on double teams like Shaq had his personality came through when he played. If you guys remember that, who is it that he just did the push to? Push that dude right into the stands <laughs> after shoving his nuts in his face. Like yep. that, that's, that's, that's a shack thing. I mean, that's like the personality, like DA is not there with that. No, not yet. I think he will at some point. I mean, remember that one technical he got for throwing it down and hanging on the rim or something this year. Yeah. I like that, but I just with, Chris Paul and Devin Booker and the old heads that, that he has around him. I don't think he's ever going to be that guy and that's okay. I I like that he's being coached in a Tim Duncan esque way and he's being planning that way. That's just yeah. my personal take on it. And that's why he's not the menace. We kind of thought he was going to be in the Amari Stoudemire mold. You know, you know what, but we, we, if we're talking about passing with him, the, the way the NBA's changed with passing, like he actually is a, a really him and Booker are really underrated passers. The way that they can throw from the corners 
or throw to to the corners um, and, and hit guys in their hands or in their chest to make threes. Like that's an underrated skill. Like DA is actually a really good passer from the lane, and Booker is mm-hmm. just a really good passer from everywhere. Especially when he's got those, you know, he's throwing those like sweeping passes across the court and hitting I, guys on a dime and just hitting threes. Um, I think with Aiton, like I think we're gonna see his skills continue to develop. I mean, I think he is. The, is he the youngest player in the Suns? I think he's twenty three, twenty two, or something. Yeah, I think he might be. Yeah, I mean, we still got. Imagine where Booker was at twenty two and where he is at twenty five. Like, let's see where he goes in the next three years. Yeah. But yes. we're already seeing it with these guys out. They're running a lot of the offense through them, especially that Bucks game. If you guys remember, like the entire offense was run through Aiden, and he did a mm-hmm. tremendous job doing it for the first half. Kind of broke down towards the second half, but uh, you know, I, I'm I'm I, I'm just happy that he's on my team. I I disagree with the passing. Okay, I don't think he. I don't. I don't think he. I think he's average at best, personally, because I still think he he has some trouble when he gets double teamed. I think he's done better this year for sure. But I don't think he's where we quite want him to be. I saw it today when he had like a little shovel pass to Tory Craig in the lane, and it got oh no got, no no. So so that play, Tory Craig should not have dove. That was not a play where he should have dove. That was and that's that's on Aiden too, right? Like Aiden should not be like oh just because a guy cuts, I should give him the ball. He needs to like not yeah, pass him the ball too. and go to work. Like I know exactly mm-hmm. what play because me and my my brother were watching that play, and I was like Tory Craig screwed that play up. There was a few of those tonight uh, where uh, they would come inside. Uh, uh, either Javel or Da would be in the middle, and uh, either Tory or uh, Mikhail is cutting in, but bringing like Lyles or uh, or uh, Mitchell, and they're like right there tagging along, and that, that that's just a recipe for disaster. Right yeah. There. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, JJ, but, uh, JJ, I want to hear from you on on Da and, and our rant and everything. Go for a minute. Uh, I think DA is actually a really good passer. And I think what goes kind of uh, like not talked about a lot is uh, his, uh, you know, like when the ball bounces off the rim and he tips it uh, to like either campaign that's uh, cutting in or tip out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tip out. To, he's great with that. He knows where everybody is when the, when the shot is coming off the rim. Uh, but I, I think overall just his, uh, his bag is just uh, going deeper and deeper uh, this year. And like, that spin move that he did on uh, Vucevic was just nasty. And yeah, it would just remind me of U of A uh, DA. Like he was a beast in college. And, and if we start seeing that DA, uh, especially in the playoffs, it's going to be absolutely huge. And we can, we'll be able to close these games out like 30 minutes in if he keeps up production like that. But um, so uh, I do pass control and I, I sprayed this one guy's house and um He's uh, he's a big Spurs fan. I've done his house a couple times. Cockroaches everywhere, I assume. That <laughs> uh, smelled like uh, those uh, El Paso tacos. He was uh, uh, whipping those up. I love it. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, him and I were talking, and uh, he was saying like uh, like this uh, this Suns roster. He says it reminds him so much of uh, that 2012-2013 San Antonio team. Just like how they play basketball and like uh, he did sort of did a comparison between Duncan and DA. And I thought it was sort of interesting. He was just saying just how, um, you know, he like DA just doesn't try to force things if they're not there. And, and, and the movements with uh, Chris Paul uh, of a Ginobili esque, I guess. And 
like he he ran this whole uh comparison and stuff he's like i really like watching this team and he's like i couldn't stand the seven seconds or less suns or or uh you know just any suns team but he's like i i'm a big fan of this suns team and i see him you know possibly going to like uh three finals back to back and i was just like wow i uh, and yeah, so like that, that just further panders on to like, you know, like the Spurs comparison we've been sort of hearing all year. And I, like, I definitely see it, you know, this team could be sort of boring to watch sometimes just because how fluid they play. So, and that was definitely my yeah. problem with them when uh, growing up watching, you know, the Spurs and stuff. Yeah. Like Kobe was like Duncan and stuff. And, uh, you know, you see the big three Celtics, you know, they're talking shit and playing uh, hard basketball. Uh, and then you watch San Antonio, and you're like, 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 like this team's boring. Like this team sucks, but no, like, and like they, like this, like they finished the game by halftime, you know. And that's why I like this Suns team so much, and I think it's a pretty good comparison, honestly. And TCU just blowing it. It's eighty three eighty, and I think they're uh, Arizona's going to the line too to make it a four point game with one eleven to go. TCU is as pointless as the University of Arizona's football team. Let me tell you. What. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Are that they going Damson Evan? Absolute garbage! Ugh. God, I hate them so much. So, all in all, I do not hate DeAndre Ayton. I just had higher expectations as the number one draft pick, and I think that's very fair to say. And anybody that says anything differently, I, I, I want to hear your argument as to why you don't have that but we're gonna have to say we're gonna have to save that because we're right. we're over the hour mark and we need to get out of here you know what real quick though we do need to touch on the arizona cardinals and hey let's touch on thanks, the Kyle. Arizona Coyotes. thanks Kyle. have we talked about the diamondbacks in a while trash organizations man Trash organizations. Yeah, you're right. Thanks a lot, Kaim. No good! I am curious about Gladney, the the defensive back they sign. That's it, though. So, Phoenix Suns. Well on their way to the number one seed. Guys are out. Guys are hurt. We've gone rolling. Can't wait to see the injury report on Wednesday night. He's on Fire Podcast. We'll be back with the post game after that one. Later, guys. Peace. Getting a little wobbly. The downfield shot.